You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, hello, Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Brain, when we recorded our preview show... For the Jacksonville Jaguars game that the Dolphins played on Thursday night, we had gotten a lot of hot takes from the listeners and almost the, the, I mean, the overwhelming majority of them were positive. And you at one point said, where is all of this optimism coming from? And then lo and behold, your Miami Dolphins Go take a trip up to Jacksonville, a trip straight up I-95 in the state of Florida, and punch the Jacksonville Jaguars in the mouth and get a very solid 31-13 victory on national television, no less, to improve to 1-2 on the 2020 season. It wasn't a perfect affair, and there's certainly room to grow, But boy, was it nice to see the Dolphins put some things together out there on Thursday night. It was close to perfect. It was like, like I said, coming into this, I said, uh, as far as panic level on a scale of one to 10, I was about a four. But if we, if we lost this game to Jacksonville, it was going to be a 10. And now I'm feeling really good because this was what you were hoping to see. You weren't hoping to see the Dolphins simply win this game. You wanted to see the Dolphins look significantly better than Jacksonville. And that's what happened. And yeah, I know that DJ Chark was out, but so was Byron Jones. And those two things kind of cancel each other out. And the Dolphins went up there and took control of this game from the very start. Both sides of the ball. The defense, you know, maybe a little bit shaky at times in the first half or for at least one drive in the first half. But by and large, the Dolphins dominated this game. And it wasn't until Miami was up 28 to 7 that Jacksonville really even started to make any kind of noise to make this game even remotely interesting. And then once they did, look, the Dolphins took care of business. Uh, A fourth down stop, a turnover to end the game. That's what you're looking for. This team put together as close to a perfect game, considering where they were going into this game. This was about as good as you could have hoped for. Not expected, but hoped for. This was a great performance by the Miami Dolphins. It really was. And I was 
I, I went to bed Thursday night just kind of buzzing, and it had been a while since I had felt that good about a Dolphins win. And I think the reason for that is, as you mentioned, this was going to be, in a lot of ways, a sort of measuring stick game. And normally people think about measuring stick games as games against stronger opponents. But we've seen the Dolphins against two stronger opponents, and they sort of hung in there and they hung tough, but they were, I think, I think it's fair to say that they were largely outclassed in both of those games. Whereas now against a team that is more average, maybe slightly below average, we'll see how it plays out over time. You know, it's, you know, it's three weeks in. Let's not give Jacksonville that much credit. Well, listen, they've, they've had, they've put in a couple of good performances in the first couple of weeks of this season and you know, I, listen, in, in the National Football League, even a team that is very, very, very bad is still going to be, you know, st- at least, you know, they're going to put up at least some sort of fight. And th- listen, the fact of the matter is that the Dolphins are a team on the rise. So facing a team of Jacksonville stature, you would expect the Dolphins to put on a good show. And that's exactly what they did in this game, which means that all of the sort of panic narratives that were beginning to form in the Dolphins Twitterverse over the first couple of weeks. And wow, how was this team not performing? And all of this about, you know, the lack of a competent offense and it needs to be two a time and this defense can't do anything. Everybody sort of needed to pump the brakes a little bit. And yes, there is still some, there is still plenty of room for improvement on both sides of the ball. But again, against the team like Jacksonville, you would expect the Dolphins to put on a good showing if they were really making the kind of progress that we thought that they were making. And that is, in fact, what happened with that 31 to 13 win. So we're going to get into the good, the bad and the ugly in this game. But before we do that, a reminder to everybody, if you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter. The show is at same old dolphins. I am at amplified to rock. The brain is at Aaron the brain. That's a Aaron the brain. And of course, we also invite you to head over to facebook.com slash same old dolphins. Give us a like over there. Download, rate, review, and subscribe to the same old dolphin show on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you find podcasts. And of course, every episode of the same old dolphin show is available at dolphinstalk.com, your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. Make sure to visit DolphinsTalk.com every single day. Aaron, it's time. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's start with the good. What is, I mean, there's, there's, you know, normally we only, there's only so much to choose from for this one, but for this game, there's quite a bit to choose from. So who is, where, where are you going to go with the good? In this one, Brent. you want to take the you want to take the good. You want to take the easy one. Well, okay. I figured that we would both have something to share, but I, I well, I, we but we do, we do. But I, I, I have a feeling that you're gonna pick the 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 one the the obvious one, and then I want to go and and go a different direction. Okay. Well, that's fine. Well, I'm gonna start with, and I don't know if this is where you think I'm going, but I'm gonna start with this offensive line. 
Oh, okay. That's not where I thought you were. Yeah, going. I'm going to start with this offensive line. For, and look, there's plenty of things to talk about as, as far as good, whether you want to talk about the fact that the Dolphins, you know, only gave up 13 points, whether you want to talk about, you know, Miles Gaskin making some good plays, whether you want to talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick doing everything he needed to do to, to manage the game. Um, I'm going to go with this offensive line. I was just, there was a moment in this game where it really felt like the Dolphins offensive line was really owning the game. And when you talk about the performances that Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley, Eric Flowers, these guys are putting in, it's like, it's kind of remarkable to think about the turnaround this offensive line has had in just one season. You know, last year we had the likes of what? Sam Young and Jesse Davis and a bunch of other turnstiles on the offensive line, uh, uh, you know, guys that couldn't couldn't stop, you know, a, a balloon from coming across the line of scrimmage. And now you've got these guys going up there and and really doing their job to keep uh, to keep Ryan. Fitzpatrick protected and to keep him clean. Again, the only sack that Fitzpatrick took in this game was a sack that he took late on where he scrambled outside of the pocket and then instead of throwing the ball away, took the sack. And it was a sack that kept the the clock running late in the game, so it was sort of whatever. But for the most part, this offensive line has just been pretty impressive. And they've also been able to create some running room for Miles Gaskin, who is really more and more taking on that sort of RB1 responsibility for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, it's hard to come away from this game and really the first three weeks, if you really think about it, and and not be impressed with the job these guys are doing. Completely agree. Uh, at this point, look, what? how's the saying go? Twice it's a, you know, happens two times it's a coincidence, but three times it's a trend. We're three games in and... The pass protection, the pass protection has been great. And there, there have been some holes to run from or to run through at least these last two weeks. Uh, so the running game, uh, has started to get going a little bit. Uh, I, I too am very impressed with the offensive line. As far as look, since you didn't go there, I know you made a, a, a soft mention about it. To me, the, the good in this game, the, the most obvious thing is Ryan Fitzpatrick. This was a darn near perfect game by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, 18 of 20 and uh, for 160 yards and two and two passing touchdowns. He also ran a touchdown. He also had a fourth down conversion on a run. Uh, he had a couple of long scrambles. He even completed a pass to himself. I mean, this was, this was an incredible performance, but the most impressive thing about it, when under pressure in this game, he was six for six for 81 yards and a perfect passer rating of 158.3. Those numbers, uh, courtesy of pro football focus. And when the, the pocket was kept clean, uh, 12 for 14 for 79 yards and, and still a very solid passer rating of 114. This was a, a dominant game and an emphatic statement that look, this is 
still very much Ryan Fitzpatrick's team. So while every time the Dolphins lose, and certainly if Ryan Fitzpatrick has a bad game, which you know that he will, look, every quarterback throws up a stinker every now and then, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is not immune to that, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, look, don't get me wrong, he's not elite, but when he has a bad game, that does not mean that suddenly he has lost this job and that it's time to put in Tua. This is an emphatic statement that this is Ryan Fitzpatrick's job as the starting quarterback. And unless there is an injury or it is just blatantly clear that Tua is the better option, this is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick's job uh, as long as he is here this season. So uh, I thought outstanding performance by him. Uh, I thought that's where you were going to go. Uh, I do like the the mention of the offensive line, but I'm going to give an honorable mention to the defense as a whole and specifically the coaching staff, Brian Flores and Josh Boyer, because what you saw in this game was a complete change in philosophy from where they wanted to go through the first two weeks of the season. They realized and maybe this had to do with the fact that Byron Jones wasn't there and Noah Igbenogany really struggled last week in his matchup against Stefan Diggs, but the Dolphins changed up what they wanted to do, which is typically press man coverage, and they played much softer coverage. The strategy was very clear, keep things in front of you, and then attack uh, and and make the tackles, and lar- and for a large part, uh, for most of the game, they did a phenomenal job at just that. Uh, and then look, Kyle Van Noy, I, I called him out. He listened and he came up with a big play. He came up with the sack, the, the strip, and I believe he got the recovery as well. So big time play by Kyle Van Noy. Xavier Howard with the game ceiling interception. This is what you wanted to see because what you saw here was not just the defense playing well as a whole, but what you saw was the players that the Dolphins have put a lot of money into, the guys that are supposed to be the leaders on this defense and really of this team, all stepped up and had big games. Even on the offensive side of the ball, not just Fitzpatrick, but Devontae Parker. Uh, you know, he's supposed to be a leader on this team. He came up big. So I, I, I love the fact that coming into this game at 0-2, uh, really somewhat backs against the wall. I know it's early in the season, but you feel like if you fall, oh, fall to 0-3, especially losing to a team like Jacksonville, you probably feel like the season is over. To respond the way they did and to get it from the leaders, the guys that you really expect to respond, that's a huge positive, huge positive sign going forward for this team. Yeah, big step in the right direction for your Miami Dolphins. It was, yeah, like we, like we said, there was just a lot of good all the way around. Let's move to the bad. What is the bad my, for the Miami Dolphins brain? It, normally, this is one of those areas where we're over, we've got an overwhelming amount of choices and maybe not as much to choose from after this Thursday night's game. Yeah, you had to really 
nitpick a little bit to find the bad. I don't even know where we're going to go with the ugly, but as far as the bad, um, look, Miles Gaskin's doing a great job uh, as the starting tailback on this team, but he was supposed to be the third running back coming into this, coming into this season. And now he is turned into not just a, the, the, you know, the carries leader and the snap leader, uh, in this timeshare, but now he is the featured workhorse back. And the reason that he is, is because we're just not getting any production out of Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. And I know, look, that for the second week in a row or for the second time in three weeks, Jordan Howard has, has run in a touchdown. Uh, from inside the one. But again, look, when you're paying a guy $5 million for a season, you want him to be more than Lusaka Polite. But at this point, that's all Jordan Howard is. He's Lusaka Polite. He's our short yardage guy. And that's fine. But that's really not what anybody expected from him, nor should they when you're paying this guy $5 million a season. Uh, and then, you know, Matt Breida, you know, maybe he's not getting used as much as you would as you would like but look he's he's got a similar skill set to that of Miles Gaskin and the fact is is that Gaskin is just you know producing more than Matt Burita so there's really no reason to to go away from him but I would say if I had to pick out a bad uh it would be that that ultimately Jordan Howard and Matt Burita were getting nothing from those two guys yeah, that was where I was going to go with my ugly, actually, because this stat is just amazing. I'm going to share it with you now. Jordan Howard has now gone three games averaging less than one yard per carry with a touchdown. This Did season, he score a touchdown in all three games? This season, he has 16 carries for 12 yards and three touchdowns. He hey, is, that's efficiency. Three he is, touchdowns on 16 carries. He is averaging 0.8 yards per carry. And he has, in fact, scored a touchdown, a rushing touchdown, in each of the three games this this year. So he averaged 0.88 yards per carry against the Patriots, 0.80 versus Buffalo, and 0.33 versus in, in the game. with. I mean, he had, he had three carries for one yard in the game against Jacksonville. So, I mean... That was where I was going to go with my ugly. You went there with your bad, and I think it's fair because it is kind of a little bit of both. Um, it's boy, the, the thing is, we're getting exactly the productivity out of Jordan Howard as the Dolphins appear to be wanting to get out of him. Now, do the, do the Dolphins want him to be more of a, you know, a guy that could be more involved in the offense in general? They just, you know, and they're just, Maybe he doesn't have those skills, so they're only using him in these short yardage situations, possibly. But, you know, the fact is, when you take a look at Gaskin and Breida side by side, and Breida's of the, of the, of Howard and Breida, Breida's the one who sort of had a little bit more opportunity to do things. Breida has not looked anywhere near as exciting as Gaskin has. And now that's not to say that Gaskin is, Great. I mean, he had 22 carries for 66 yards, an average of three yards per carry. It's kind of a, kind of an average performance, really, when you look at it from a running back, but he's getting the job done. And the other thing is he, he added 
five receptions for 29 yards out of the backfield. So he's been getting involved and, and he, you know, sort of is that kind of nice little check down option for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Gaskin is, is working out here. And I, you know, I think that is kind of what it is. And I, I think we're going to see more of that going forward. It just seems like he's the guy that's going to be that number one running back at, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, barring Matt Breida, you know, showing up one day and just deciding to take that job. And then it looks like Jordan Howard is going to be the short down back, which is interesting because that was certainly not how most people imagined this sort of running back by committee working this year. A lot of people, the sort of speculation was that it was going to primarily be Howard and that Breida would be your change of pace back. But instead... This is what the situation is. So uh, the good is, I mean, so much. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the offensive line. Um, I, I got a special shout out for Devontae Parker, who is clearly not operating at 100%, but still going out there and playing good football. Another shout out to Preston Williams, who caught that touchdown pass in the in the back of the end zone early on it was a it was a tough catch to make and it was something of a make good after he dropped that fourth down uh, opportunity in the end zone against Buffalo listen this was a good this was a good game and I think and I think we'd be remiss to if we didn't shout out the defense as well because listen they this was a team that we expected to get we expected Jacksonville to put up some numbers there, but the Dolphins were able to consistently get some pressure on, on Gardner Minshew. And we knew that Minshew has the sort of one of his bad habits or uh, I mean, bad habits slash good habit is he likes to hold on to the ball as long as he can to try to make something happen. And what ends up happening when you've got quarterbacks who have that kind of tendency is that Oftentimes they can get hit behind the line of scrimmage and oftentimes they can turn the ball over. And that's certainly something that happened in this game. But a lot of that is the the Dolphins defense played up. And yeah, you know, not having Byron Jones and the Jaguars not having uh, DJ Chark were, you know, two things that sort of canceled each other out. But this Dolphins defense still showed up and they did not get torched. Keelan Cole did not have a huge game. James Robinson had a huge game, but he was having a huge game because he was, he was the check down guy. And, you know, the, and he was, he just happens to be, I think, a really exciting running back. And I'm particularly grateful to have him in my fantasy team, but that's besides the point. I think a good day, a good showing for, for the Dolphins defense. In this one. Um, anything else that you can really think of in this game for the ugly? Because there's, there's not a lot. This was, this was one of the better all around Miami Dolphin games that we've seen in, in a while. Yeah. Miami really played well on, in all three facets of this game. I guess if I had to, to come up with some ugly, obviously, I, I, I don't know if there's any news on the, the Adam Shaheen injury. I know he got, he, he got hurt. It looked bad, but I don't know if it was just the wind that got knocked out of him there or if it was something more serious there in the in the fourth quarter when Adam Shaheen, the Dolphins tight end, went out. Uh, if that's serious, then that's, you know, that's that's ugly and unfortunate. Other than that, the only two things that I saw aside from, you know, like like I'd already said with the, with the running back situation that I'd like to see a little bit more improvement from is uh Number one, uh, when the Dolphins were up 28 to seven 
and the Jaguars were driving. Uh, there was a play where I believe it was, uh, you know, Minshew hit, I think it was James Robinson out of the backfield on a first down inside the Dolphins, you know, 20 or 15. And it was like Eric Rowe and Brandon Jones, I believe, who, who both converged and it should have been a, made a stop for either no gain or maybe one yard. And it was a really poor, you know, tackling attempt and they, they missed the tackle. And that's something that's going to have to be, get cleaned up. But really, by and large, the Dolphins did a great job of tackling. I thought it was a great game by these linebackers. Uh, Camus Grugier-Hill uh, played exceptionally well. I thought, uh, in his, in his role, uh, really dropping into coverage, keeping things in front and then making tackles. I thought he, he came up big, but you can't miss tackles specifically, uh, in, you know, when, when you're getting down in, in your backs or against the, your own goal line and you're in the red zone, you gotta be able to make those plays. And then especially in the fourth quarter, uh, you're looking for improvements there. And then the only other, uh, area that I, that I could possibly go just to single somebody out. Look, I know it's early, but, uh, I mentioned earlier about how we're, we're seeing like the big time players, the guys that the Dolphins are paying a lot of money for, uh, come up and, and make some big plays in this game and let their presence be felt. The only guy that we really haven't seen that from, with the exception of Byron Jones, because he's been hurt the last two games, is Shaq Lawson who has largely been a non-factor and he was one of the Dolphins' biggest free agent acquisitions. Uh, so he's a guy that has a, a cap hit of nearly a million dollars this year. He's got a cap hit of a little over $9 million next season. Then the Dolphins have a potential out in that contract. So if he doesn't produce, look, certainly we could get you know out of that contract and it doesn't hurt you too much long-term going forward. But when you spend that kind of money on a defensive end, uh, you, you definitely want to see uh, him making a little bit more, well, not a little bit more, a lot more of an impact than we've seen through three games. But again, when the defense as a whole played the way that it did, it's it's hard to really get on anybody singularly. But if I had to, uh, Shaq Lawson would be the guy. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're picking and choosing like that, that's generally a, a good thing. Um, so Lawson, you know, he's, he's one, um, oh, who's the other guy on that defense who I'm just sort of. Ogba? Baker? Uh, no, I mean, Baker's, Baker's just fine. It's the. Godchow? Wilkins? I mean, Wilkins has been pretty darn good. Yeah, well, Wilkins has, uh, Ray, has been good. So Raekwon Davis has been pretty solid. Yep. Sealer actually mm-hmm. has been really good. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just kind of hard to it's kind of hard to be it, look, they played really well. There yeah. was like a handful of plays where Jacksonville made some some good plays and you kind of look like, like on Jacksonville's touchdown run, I thought uh, you know, maybe it was they had the right play called. It looked like the Dolphins were slanting to the to the left, and they called a play off of right tackle. And it looked like Kyle Van Noy kind of got caught watching a little bit. But really, ultimately, the reason that, that there was so much room to run is that the offensive line of Jacksonville just really 
cleared the way and and gave uh, Robinson this huge hole to run through. But I mean, outside of that, I mean, Minshew had a really nice scramble. Uh, he had a really nice completion there towards the end, the, the play right before the game ceiling interception where the coverage was perfect, but it was just a perfectly thrown ball to Conley. I thought, you know, the, the Dolphins defense as a whole played really well. They really did. And listen, let's enjoy it. We're not here trying to look for things that are bad. You know, we were just like, we, we do a good, the bad and the ugly segment. And we didn't really have very much to put in those latter two categories for this game. So enjoy this. We now get a week and a half basically to sit here and enjoy sort of bask in the glow of this Dolphins win. But, you know, here's the other thing. One game does not tell a big story about who this team is. And this is going to be a conversation that is ongoing because the fact of the matter is the Miami Dolphins have a very, very difficult road ahead of them because now they've got, you know, a little bit of an extended week here before they go into their next game, which is a home game, but it's a home game against what looks like one of the best teams in the National Football League right now in the Seattle Seahawks. The the Seahawks are coming to town next week, and they've got a tough game coming up this Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys that we would encourage everybody to watch because you're going to get a lot of information about the Seahawks in this one. But that is a team that has weapons all over the place on offense and a tough, you know, a, a reasonably tough defense. So that's good. It's a great win for the Dolphins against the Jaguars. But, you know, after that, they've got the Seahawks, and then a game at San Francisco. And granted, the, they're going to catch the 49ers at an okay time because the San Francisco 49ers have just been absolutely destroyed by injuries in week two. But, you know, I'm so I'm actually very curious to see what San Francisco puts together this week, you know, on the on the heels of that injury. They're going to have no, no Mostert, no Nick Bosa, no Jimmy Garoppolo. That team is really got hit hard by the injuries in week two. And then from there, the Dolphins have uh, games against the Broncos, and then they follow that up with the Chargers and the Rams. So it's it's still a pretty difficult stretch as you go through the month of October. Um, and then if you know if you include that the game on the first day of November against the Rams, uh, and then you know the Cardinals the following week. So I mean it's this is a tough first half of the schedule for the Miami Dolphins. So you really needed this win. You got it. Let's enjoy it. But the work ain't done yet, right? This is a team that got a big win, but unless you can build on this and really take this and roll forward, and you're going to have a hard time doing that. But if you can't do that, if you start dropping games, I mean, there's still every possibility that this team that is one and two right now could be one and five, one and six, one and seven, you know, and I hopefully not, but you know, realistically speaking, it's, it's a tough schedule. But the other side of it is this is a team that we expect to improve as the season goes on. We saw that Brian Flores did that last year, last year with this team. They really improved as the season went on. I'm expecting to see more of that this year. That's sort of a staple of all of those Bill Belichick Patriots teams is that they just grow in strength and confidence as the season goes on. And maybe the Dolphins will do that same thing to the point that they can start really not just competing in these games against tougher opponents, but getting some really big time signature wins here on the calendar. So that's, that's what you can hope for. 
And that's what the Dolphins are going to hopefully be able to do as they put together this rebuilding season. This is year two of the rebuild, so you expect some improvement from last year. And I think, listen, unless you're blind, you've got to be able to see that this is a team that is improving. A hundred percent. Just look at where we were at three weeks into last season and compare it to this year. And it's really night and day. I know it's, it's 0 and 3 versus 1 and 2. And in all likelihood, you know, as look, I, you can't predict things in any given Sunday. You, you could, you could get an unexpected result, but in all likelihood, we're going to be one and three. And so when you look at, you say one and three versus oh and four last year, and, and you say, well, it's not that much of a difference. But if you're really watching these games, it's, it's really night and day where this team is at, uh, three weeks into the season this year versus where they were at three weeks into the season last year. And you have to be excited for that as a Dolphins fan. Completely agree with you. I, we said it on the preview show. We said it on the Dolphins Talk Roundtable show. This is a really difficult first six weeks of the season. And really, you, you can make the argument it's a really difficult first half, first eight or nine weeks of the season until we get to the to the Jets game. But I think uh really after the... The, this Seattle game, it looks like we're, look, I, I still think San Francisco is a very good team, but if, if they're dealing with the injuries that they're dealing with now, and they're still dealing with those, uh, in a couple of weeks when, when the Dolphins head out there, uh, that's a, that's a winnable game. And, uh, you know, so maybe there's a little bit that maybe the soft part of the schedule starts a little bit earlier, but, there's a very good chance that the Dolphins are going to be one and four heading into a game against Denver. Uh, and, and, and you're going to start hearing the, the, you know, we need Tua in there and this team isn't really improving. You just got to take this week to week. Uh, I believe I said coming in, if this Dolphins team can be two and four in these first six games, because Really, four of the six teams these in these first six games are teams that are in all likelihood going to be playoff teams. That's Buffalo, New England, San Francisco, and Seattle. If Miami can come out two and four by beating Jacksonville and by beating uh, uh, Denver, then... I think the the rest of the schedule sets up to where the Dolphins could actually get hot as long as they continue to make the incremental improvements that we've seen them making uh, through the first couple of seasons. And that goes right along in line with what they did last year and what we saw last year when they started out of the gate so horrifically bad that people said that this was the worst team ever and then they won five of the last nine games. So we saw it last year that... The team got better as the season went on, which is a telltale sign of great coaching. And through two weeks this year, you were a little bit concerned. And I said, this is the first time that Brian Flores really is under pressure uh, as far as proving himself to be a good head coach because it's he's no longer getting a pass. And this was that first test and he aced it with flying colors so you have to feel good about it I'm not ready to, to, to again heap a bunch of praise on Brian Flores but it's a good sign that we're seeing uh more of the same growth and development that we saw last year so I'm happy about it I'm excited about it but like you said look 
don't <laughs> enjoy it because in all likelihood we're looking at at, a, at an L next week against Seattle. You never know though. That's a long trip that Seattle's got to make and it's it's a right. home game. So, you know, anything's anything is possible and if there's one thing we know with that extended week, um the the team is going to be ready. Hopefully Byron Jones will be back because they're going to need him. <laughs> they're going to need him for that game. Um before we wrap up here, Brain, you know, I'm realizing that we have not talked about our good friends over at Manscaped. Yeah, our bo- the those are our boys. Our boys that take care of our boys. The boys that take care of your boys. The guys over at Manscaped. And let me tell you, today, as we record this, it's a Saturday afternoon. And this morning, I, I went out, ran a 10K this morning. And let me tell you, you know what you need after a good 10K is you got to have some good, uh, listen, you're in need of some ball deodorant. Let's not beat around the bush, so to speak. You know, you got to, you got to set up the ball deodorant. They have that at Manscaped. They got ball deodorant. They got ball toner. They got all kinds of products for you to set yourself up real nice below the belt. If you know what I mean. And the beautiful thing about this, if we're talking about, you know, whether it's you got a lot of heavy duty work to put in and you got to use the lawnmower 3.0, whether you, you know, need to be a bit more detail oriented and you need some extra refinement with the plow 2.0. They've got cologne. They've got, uh, they've got the crop mop. They've got all kinds of products for you over there that and basically, any kind of hygiene need that you might have as a man that you want to get yourself cleaned up, looking nice, ready to go, they got you taken care of over there at Manscaped. So we encourage all of the listeners to this program to head over to manscaped.com and use the promo code DOLPHINSTALK. You get a 20% discount and free shipping. It's a pretty good deal. So head on over for all of your male hygiene needs. Head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code Dolphins Talk, D-O-L-P-H-I-N-S-T-A-L-K. Save 20% off your first order and get free shipping. And then on top of all of that, you're going to have really clean balls. Brain. Anything else on this Jacksonville game before we turn the page? No, I, I think, uh, again, it's just an outstanding effort by the team and, and something definitely to build on. So I'm just excited to see what this team uh, can, can put out there next week against a championship contending team. Because for the third time in four weeks, we're going to see us matched up against a really good football team. And so we're going to get to really see uh, if they've made as much progress as it looks like they made in this one. So with the Dolphins not playing Sunday, do you think you're going to watch any football at all this weekend? I, I, I was gonna say yes, but that the game that really has my eye is the Monday night game, the Kansas City and Baltimore game. That's probably a, a preview of the AFC championship game. 
It, that might be a matchup of the two best teams in the National Football League. I would probably throw Seattle and maybe Green Bay into that mix, but two elite teams, two elite quarterbacks, that's the game that I want to watch. And if it was on on Sunday, I'd be watching it, but, uh, well, maybe not. It would depend what time because on Sunday, I'm watching the Heat. We got game six coming up in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. We we had a nice lead in game in game five in the second half and kind of fell apart. And Boston uh really, you know, backs against the wall, came up, came out firing, and Miami didn't respond, and Boston got a big W. So look, Miami's got to respond in game six on Sunday. So that's where my eyes are gonna be. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. That is a big one for sure. And I, you know, this isn't a basketball podcast, but I, I can't imagine the Heat are going to be that cold from three again. And so it's been three games in a row. Yeah. So hopefully they can get that turned around um, and you know heat up, so to speak, so that they can get a big uh, win and head to the finals where they will probably be taking on LeBron James and the Lakers. I will be watching, as always, in my house when the Dolphins aren't on, the Seahawks are on because that is my wife's team. And, uh, I, you know, I can neither confirm nor deny that we may have, uh, that my wife may be making an appearance on the same old Dolphin show when we do the Seahawks preview show. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see about that, but I will be watching the Seahawks take on the Cowboys uh, at 4:25 p.m. this Sunday. I hope that everybody enjoys the football. It's it's a it's a it's always kind of a nice sort of stress-free Sunday when the Dolphins aren't playing. Like whether it's a bye week or they've played on Thursday night, you get to Sunday, and especially when the Dolphins have won, it's just like really like, okay, I'm just going to sit back, kick back, relax, track my fantasy guys, and just sort of enjoy a sort of stress-free Sunday, which is kind of nice. So we hope that all of you will enjoy a stress-free Sunday, and whether that means you're watching football or it means you're not watching football, whatever it is, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the weekend off because your Miami Dolphins won the last time they were out there on the field. We will be back to talk to you uh, sometime next week with our Seattle Seahawks preview show. Until then, take care of yourselves and each other. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Take the ball from